This is Pain Matters with Laura Mosley, the podcast. Thank you for listening again. My name is Bart van Buchum. I'm a pain specialist physiotherapist and um, I'm hosting uh, in behalf of Master Sessions. Uh, Laura, it's G'day summer. Bart. It's summer. It's, summer it's actually summer here. Oh. Uh, I don't know. It feels like summer is lurking around the corner here. Sort of, you see glimpses of it and then it goes away, but we're all waiting for the week of. 40 degree days to arrive just not when sure when it will arrive mm. not this year apparently no. anyway so we're, we're holding out as long as we can yeah well europe is a bit funny lately it's like having so much rain oh in, really you're in amsterdam we feel like brits at the moment it's so much rain you don't look like brits <laughs> not quite <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well um Thank you for listening again, uh, guys. And um, um, uh, we had a quite a decent number of uh, comments uh, uh, that that were about pain uh, system hypersensitivity, and um, a number of questions that came in about clinical presentations. How do I explain it? How do I examine it? Um, we thought we'd go into that, and there was also some. Uh, just for your knowledge, uh, Lars, some people um, um, reflected on the pain and sleep question, and uh, we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna stock that one for a while, backlogging that. But um, uh, if you are still uh, want to share your experience on pain and sleep, as we have discussed in the previous episode, um, in the last bit, we're really keen to hear um, your thoughts, and uh, we will definitely come to back to that topic because we think it's greatly and uh, let's get a amazing. sleep expert in bet but absolutely a, yeah. yeah that would be amazing so pain system hypersensitivity laws um clinical presentations so, so what do you mean what is it like clinical and real life <laughs> how would mm -hmm. that how would that work uh, well, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of guidance on this um, that's relevant around the idea of categorizing someone with nociplastic pain. And um, pain system hypersensitivity, as we said last time, is just a consumer-generated term that makes intuitive sense and and fits for what they're experiencing. But uh, uh, it was interesting, knowing that this was coming today, I... Um, I thought immediately of this topic when I got an email from a colleague who uh, for some time was going through some pretty brutal cancer treatment and had a uh, had a, a tube inserted in her arm. So she had continuous 24 hours chemo, chemotherapy, and uh, that was for many months. Um, but it was some time ago now, but she, but the the insertion site was became very painful and um, the skin became irritated. And um, if you if you look at what happened for her, I'm filling in stuff that she didn't tell me. So I'm just sort of filling in stuff around that clinical scenario uh, that she became tender around the insertion site. Um, so immediately we're thinking there's some peripheral sensitization going on there. So the, the nociceptors in the area have been affected by um, various inflammatory mo uh, molecules and those nociceptors become sensitive to everything including mechanical heat and and chemical 
um, input. So that explains this, the exquisite sensitivity around the site. And then she said over the following weeks and months, that area of, of ache and of mechanical sensitivity started to grow. So it grew up and down the arm. Um, and then what we can say is happening there is that there are changes that can't be explained by the tissues of the body. So there's, there's not damage sort of extending up and down the limb. Can't be explained very easily and probably not at all by a change in the nociceptors in the area. So then we explain it by something happening within the central nervous system. Um, and according to where it is, we can postulate on, like according to where the pain is, so pain is spreading. And I guess that speaks to your question. So a clinical sign, pain is spreading in a non-anatomical, non-peripheral nerve distribution. Um, is to me a sign that there is a change in the response profile of neural networks inside the central nervous system. So uh, there we can start, I think we can say, okay, well, this is a sign of pain system hypersensitivity um, because there is now uh, what I would describe as secondary allodynia. So there's things that were not painful before, for example, you know, mechanical pressure 30 centimetres away from the wound site was not normally painful and has become painful, uh, that's allodynia. Um, or uh, let's say an area 30 centimetres away is painful when we heat it to, or when we apply a, a, a certain pressure on it. Now applying the same amount of pressure will be more painful, so that's hyperalgesia. Um, and I've probably said before, I'd, I sometimes help people remember the difference between allodynia and hyperalgesia. Uh, because allodynia sounds a bit like saying hello, dynia, and dynia is, means pain. So it's like saying hello, pain. I, I didn't expect you here sort of thing, whereas hyperalgesia is just more hyperalgesia pain. Um, uh, so uh, there's a scenario in which this person would be developing some degree of pain system hypersensitivity. Uh, and the other part of the story, this is, this is the part of the story that really struck me, uh, that was years ago. Uh, and then this person was preparing a, uh, a media release on uh, chemotherapy-related pain for a relevant organisation. Uh, and she sent me an email saying, two years later, I'm preparing the story and my, my wound start started to hurt. I started to get ache and the ache extended up and down my arm a bit. Now, in that, in that scenario, there's uh, you could almost describe that as uh, tertiary allodynia. I mean, I'm making that phrase up, tertiary allodynia or hyperalgesia. But in situations where the stimulus is not even not even somato, somatically relevant, right? The stimulus is preparing a new story, which would never be painful, right? In, in there's no circumstance in, in, in almost everyone's life where preparing a new story on chemo-related pain would cause pain halfway up your forearm. Uh, but for this person, it is relevant uh, and pain is produced. And the only way I can explain that is because there is contextualised pain system hypersensitivity. So that's, uh, that's at the other end of clinical presentations, but between those two scenarios, uh, the broad 
you know, clinical signs from my perspective or clinical symptoms from my perspective are when people are saying pain is spreading, that, that and when they describe that spread, it's not anatomical, it's not peripheral nerve, uh, it's not necessarily radicular. Um, so the classic will be, you know, your low back, it starts to go up your back, starts to come around your back a bit more. Uh, it moves from side to side. Um, saw some data on um, people who had spinal cord stimulators and were asked, would you change anything? And some of them said, oh, I, I would have moved it to the other side um, because their pain moved. For me, that's that's a sign of pain system hypersensitivity. It's sort of trying to protect you from stuff, but there are errors in the system that mean you're, you're getting protected from things that are not truly dangerous. Um, the other things that I would be interested in with a patient would be how how clearly or precisely is the pain located? Uh, so if people can say, oh, it's exactly here and it, it, it runs in this exact place, uh, then for me, I I would I would just be thinking a little bit, oh, okay, so that's a little bit less consistent with with changes within the central nervous system. Uh, if they say, oh, it's sort of broadly in that area, sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller, I'm not exactly sure, then that for me is a, is consistent with changes within the central nervous system. Yeah, so what about, what, for example, what about burning, burning feelings or burning sensations, sometimes not described as, it could be painful, but is there a, it will be the same? Yeah, I th well, burning is, you know, burning, burning pains, Mm. Uh, are considered characteristic of neuropathic pain. Um, so, an, you know, an injury to the somatosensory or a disease to the somatosensory nervous system. But we also, you know, get people who describe, this might be what you're getting at, um, I, I feel like my skin's hot uh, when it's not hot. Uh, and then I would be, at, in all these situations, I would say, well, make sure you have someone with a broad medical knowledge to rule out, exclude diagnoses that I don't know about. Um, but when that's all been done, uh, I'd be probably more interested in in how consistent or predictable those pains are. Like if they say, oh, I get this every time I sit in this way for more than half an hour, I would say, okay, well, don't sit in that way for more than half an hour. Um, but if they say, I'm not really sure, it sort of comes and goes, some days it wakes me up, other times I'm fine. You know, it's that sort uh that situation where it's hard to hard to find the triggers, and or when the, the triggers are found, they're not mechanically relevant triggers. Uh, for me, that's a that's that's an important player. So that will be uh, a diagnosis through exclusion. Is that correct? Yeah, well, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's a great question, but it's not really a diagnosis. It is. Um, yeah, I got it. It's it's more a. a a clinical descriptor hmm. in a way. I mean, the, the question's great because it gets to some of the, oh, do these, these are really hard matters, I think, when we think um, academically about them. And it's the criticisms of the phrase nociplastic pain that relate to how do you use it? And it's not diagnostic, it's categorizing. It's not mechanistic, it's clinical. You could... Yeah, that sort of um, criticism about how do we use this would apply also to pain system hypersensitivity, I think, because um, I think that 
you know, if the question is what is pain system hypersensitivity, I would say it's a it's a state in which you're experiencing pain in situations that are safe. Um, and there, there are other reasons you could be experiencing pain in situations that are safe that where it's transient, um, you know, you've, your system's made an error and that pain will resolve very, very quickly. Like the, like the trick I used to do at primary schools when I would visit primary schools, uh, and I would get the, the person in the class who was the, you know, the toughest looking little kid. And, uh, I would, uh, very gently prick their hand with, a a compass, you know, like a sharp compass and just did a little prick and they go, oh, oh. Uh, and then I would say, okay, I'm going to do three pricks. And the, the third one, I want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to do a lot harder than the rest. And I would do the two and then I'd say, close your eyes. And I'd flip the compass. So the, the bit with the eraser on the end hits their hand. So it's not, it's not a sharp thing at all, but it's got quite a lot of force behind it. And guarantee this kid will squeal and ow oh, and shake his hand and look for the wound. And the entire class laughs at this situation because they saw that I tricked him. Uh, that's an example of pain when you're completely safe, but I don't feel like it's an example of pain system hypersensitivity because as soon as we reveal that scenario to him, or even the second time we do it, his system will already be detecting the mismatch between what happened in the tissues and what was expected to happen in the tissues. So, um, so, you, so I don't think the pain system hypersensitivity is as simple as a state in which safe situations are, are, are dangerous. Uh, so maybe you would say it's a state in which it's a, it's a state of the, of the many systems that contribute to pain collectively called the pain system uh, is active when you is persistently active when you're in safe situations. I feel like now listening to that, I think, oh, that must have been just totally confusing and ridiculous. No, anyway, it makes a... sense to me in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in a way, it's like, is it so? My question would be, is it a normal condition? Uh, I, uh, good question. I, it's, it's not a common condition, I think. Um, and what I mean by that, it's, it's probably, it probably affects, one in six or seven people. <laughs> so that's quite common, I guess. It's not the common, you know, it's not. So um, in that in that way, it's not more likely to have pain system hypersensitivity than not have it. But I I mean, I, I tend to think these things, are, they're, they're normal responses to a, an abnormal or unusual set of, circumstances and situations um i don't think there's any evidence that that people who progress from an acute injury to pain system hypersensitivity uh do so because there's been uh you know some abnormal some abnormal trigger or genetic i mean all these things matter uh but there are yeah there's just so many factors that influence the the gradual sense sensitivity collection in your pain system so uh, I, I think i'd always say I, my answer would be the same as to the question is all pain normal and i'd say yeah it, it is normal um but the underlying situation might not be 
normal. So it's normal for a for a an organism to produce pain if the prediction is that that will will increase its chance of survival. Um, yeah, but yes. these are these are cab sav conversations, aren't they? I know they are. Uh, it's good for Christmas. <laughs> I, got, I got another question that, that relates to this, I guess. Um, so a central sensitization, we, we talked before uh, in another episode, if you want to listen back, definitely go there. Um, the main driver, as far as I know, is peripheral sensitization, like a, a, an inflammatory component maybe starts the whole cascade, whereas people... Uh, having surgery for example do have this i would say this so-called pain system hypersensitivity at least when in the couple of the first couple of days after their surgery and maybe even a couple of weeks after and inflammation seems to go down very well people are still in pain allodynia secondary spread it would that be the same thing whereas it is yes it's normal in some conditions but the system needs to adapt and has to sort of um, get back to normal, mm. if you like, but it doesn't mm. always do depending on the situation where people are. Yeah, I, the way that I use it and the way that, well, not just I, the way that, that it is being used within the community that sort of generated the term and then we use it in all our education stuff, it really does refer to uh, a degree of sensitivity that's not helpful. Um, and in that way, I guess it's uh, pain system. It, it's the hyper that tells you, okay, it's it's overly sensitive. The system's overly responsive uh, and overly protective. Whereas that situation, you know, after surgery, for example, or yeah, you, you're completely right in that the central sensitization stuff, nearly all of that, research was based on models with nerve injuries peripheral nerve injuries and then there's evidence of it in humans with peripheral sensitization causing it uh, as exactly as you say or injury um so central sensitization is a is a mechanism um as we said last time initially allocated within the dorsal horn of the spinal cord um that occurs quite rapidly after a peripheral injury, but I wouldn't say, you know, that the rapid spread in mechanical sensitivity and heat sensitivity uh, of peripheral sensitization um, is pain system hypersensitivity because it all serves an excellent protective purpose. Uh, and then that sort of pain spread after an injury and central things that happen in central sensitization, um, I would also not describe as pain system hypersensitivity because that's all uh, almost a, a level of increased protection that evolution and this individual's development over their, the course of their life has worked out to be the optimal amount of protection to ensure healing um, and remodeling. Um, and I guess that's the, the, you know, the first essential pain fact from our research is pain promotes, uh, pain protects us and promotes healing. So if it's serving that function and, and promoting remodeling, uh, even though the sensitivity of the system is elevated from a, a system that's not under any vulnerability or threat, 
I wouldn't say it's hyper or overly protective. It's when we decide that it's it's protecting tissues that actually need the very things that are painful in order to recover and remodel and for the for the human to have a meaningful life that they want. So um, just to, to wrap this up, this episode, um, where is what you, you mentioned, the, the essential pain facts. You, so you, you already mentioned um, at least one of them. What will be, let's say, if there are two things that you have to get your head around uh, in, within the essential pain facts regarding or towards pain system hypersensitivity, which two pain facts or essential pain facts will be? Well, I, I reckon the second essential pain fact of the four that's come out of extensive research within our group, but um, the second one is persisting pain overprotects us and prevents recovery. So probably next episode or in a next episode, we will we will cover that, I guess. That will be nice to cool. what we mean about these essential pain facts and um as part of the understanding and delivering education um, within a treatment uh, concept context, I think it would be good mm -hmm. to to go about that. Cool. Yeah. It was interesting that you said at the start, but that a few of the people who have emailed in have said, and I co I commonly get emails like this. Um, how do you explain that? So yeah, or, or more to the point, how do you bring the understanding of those things to patients? And uh, it's a real challenge in a podcast because all we can do is speak, right? Um, but you know, if we're in person, we we could demonstrate and and we could collectively problem solve. Well, how would you do it? You know, what are your strengths and how could you reenact this and stuff like that? You know, we have a great time doing that in in sessions, you know, and uh it's hard to do on a podcast. I apologize, everyone. Yeah, well it will be it will be an amazing opportunity to to um attend uh at some point or uh if, if you're around in europe so next year it would be great uh that would be a massive opportunity for people oh, yeah to, yeah to i'm going to europe day. next yeah, year yeah. <laughs> so, cool and uh, north america end north, of next year north america and uh uh more on uh, australia uh as well probably likely next year so um yeah it would be good to uh to join this conversation but also uh reinforcing people just just Get your heads around with your colleagues. I reckon you've yeah. got so much reflection yeah. opportunities and how do you go about it? It's not um in my in my background in, in medical specialism and um but also in the physiotherapist, it's not that common to do intervention. So but I think it's key here to to mm. see how other how other people go about this. And um yeah, I will be um a recommendation just to to talk and, and find your challenges and, and share it. Cool. Absolutely. We've gone over again, but we, we, everyone. We, we had Goodbye, happy Christmas. Happy oh, Christmas. No, totally. Uh, happy two weeks and uh, happy Christmas. Thank you for listening so far. Uh, the response has been really overwhelming. If you have questions, please let us know. Mail at mastersessions.academy or through the website uh master sessions dot academy and um we will get back to you so uh thank you for listening this year um we're not doing we're not going to do a spotify wrap up here but <laughs> uh, uh so don't worry uh, you will find your next episode in two weeks um, in your favorite player um and uh thank you again thank you Luz. it was very good fun thank you Bye, ciao